this is Mackenzie. Hey, this is Owen. Don't forget to like our show and subscribe. Please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash family. And please rate our show with five stars so people can find us. This podcast is brought to you by the Loving Kindness Project Foundation. What is one thing that you could do to think, speak, or act kindly today? Go to lovingkindnessproject.org to learn more. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. The episode starts at 1 minute and 36 seconds. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566. You can text 45645, which is coming in the fall of 2023. In Canada, you can also call 988, the kids' help phone at 1-800-668-6868. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. And in the United States, 1-877-565-8860. Or call 911. You are not alone, and you do not have to be alone. I would like to honor and recognize the traditional and unceded territories of the Katsi, Kwantlen, and Semiamu nations on whose territory I live, work, and play. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets, and I am passionate about removing barriers for others through creating connections and building on strengths and practical problem solving. I am married to Siobhan, a parent to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. And now, into the episode. When Owen was much younger, we used to ask him to keep his eyes peeled for something. And for whatever reason, he always closed his eyes. So if he said, Owen, keep your eyes peeled for the garbage man, he'd just close his eyes and then wander around with his eyes closed. Welcome to a new episode of We Are the ADHD Family. I hope you have enjoyed listening to that conversation I had with Melissa Madison. Melissa was Melissa was uh, Owen's grade two teacher, and she's also been a teacher for over 15 years in the Lower Mainland. And that conversation was a lot of fun to talk about what she and I both remember from our experiences trying to navigate how do we work with each other and, and figure things out. The fact that she believed my wife and I and all the practical tips that came along with it. I am hoping that this resonated with people and you're able to walk away and use some of the tips in the conversation that we had. After we received Owen's diagnosis, I had some interesting experiences. One of the things that I first did was actually tell people. Basically, people took the news in not one of two ways. It was think pretty much everybody that I told, they were confused. I had two trains of thought. The first one was, and I'm not going to lie about this, and I'll fully admit it, I was super happy. Um, I was in shock. I felt vindicated from all the doubt over the years. There were a lot of sleepless nights. 
hard days, hard nights, with waiting for that answer. Finally, we had it. That's the personal, that's the, that's the selfish side of it. But for Owen, because this really is about him, the quote-unquote label of diagnosis means that Owen has a chance to get access to funds and help. That's, you can't ask for anything better than that as a parent. When I told people the good news, I basically received, I, 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 I was told phrases like, I'm so sorry. Well, that must have been hard. You know, they were, or they were stunned. They didn't know what to say. And just recently, after I told somebody our story, his response was, well, they must be high functioning. Like, what? So I get that people are confused that you don't know how to react or what to say. And I think the first thing, I'd probably be doing the the neurodiverse community a disservice if I didn't tell anybody that didn't have one of these fantastic disabilities. It is okay to say, I don't know how to react to this. How do you feel about it? Declare that you don't know. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to, I'm good with it. The thing that I do love to do is I love to educate. So that person who told me about the high functioning, that was a fantastic opportunity for me to say, you know, this is why the language, that language is ableist. It's not in the DSM anymore. There's plenty of other ableist stuff in the DSM anyways, but this is why it's bad. And and maybe bad's the wrong word, but this is why it's not appropriate. Don't worry if you don't know what to say. That's okay. What matters is that you make the effort to show that you care. Notice nobody ever really turned the conversation back on me and said, why did you tell me that? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows why I told somebody something sometimes. Um, You can just blame it on me. It's all good. I'm the one that made you feel uncomfortable. Good job, Mark. (laughs) What was interesting, though, was the thoughts going on in, I guess, my head. And I get that people were confused. And I'm happy. But what I didn't want to accept is that I was upset. Accepted it now. Couldn't quite put it into words back then. But the thought that went through my head was, don't you have any idea how amazing our son is? Have I not told you about the time that dot, dot, dot? And I realized that for some people, they may not have known anything about Owen or how super amazing this kid is. And what he's done, what we've done as a family... When they hear a, when somebody hears a, a, a diagnosis like ADHD, autism, Down syndrome, etc., it's like a scarlet letter, right? It, it hangs over somebody and the, and the societal stereotypes that are out there, you know, they, they hold people back. And I would say those stereotypes also add a barrier for somebody to try and understand that it's okay to ask questions. There's a great quote from Dyslexia BC that uh, came across the other day, and it basically says, uh, this diagnosis opened the door for us to get help and make things easier for our child. And that's exactly how I feel about this quote-unquote label of autism, or that label of ADHD, or whatever. What I want to do in this episode 
is I want to tell you stories about the coolest stuff that Owen has done and what we've done as a family. And this is going to be a happy tears kind of episode. So I promise you, if I, if I start to cry, it's staying in. <laughs> Something else to add on to this. While I am super proud of Owen, I am also very proud of our daughter. Mackenzie was just being born as we were starting to struggle with everything. So all the emotional regulation issues and, and violence that we struggled with, and, and Kenzie was this little baby, this little bundle of joy. And it was very rough for her. Because Kenzie was so small, she was along for all of this. She obviously is not going to remember this. And she is going to have her own future things to be proud of. And I would dedicate an entire episode to how incredible this girl is. I think what's interesting is that my wife and I were talking about this the other day. She made a really good point. If you've seen the Barbie movie, if you haven't seen it, go see it. By the way, I am Knuff. If, you have, if you've seen the Barbie movie, you know at the end of the movie where they talk about all the different kinds of Barbies that have been rocket scientists and astrophysicists and this and that. One thing that my wife and I talked about years ago was that need for was that need for Kenzie not to be a rocket scientist for her to have the choice of doing what she was going to do i'm really proud of the fact that we haven't pushed her to be those things we've said to her just she's 6 years old here's what's out there it's empowering her to decide you don't have to be a rock star every day. You can be quiet, chill, and relaxed. Then you can go up to, crank yourself up to 11. I think the line that we had to become aware of was not that we wanted Owen to be this rock star or ninja expert or something like that. It, it isn't about that. None of these stories are going to be about that. Really what all these stories are about are us as a family coming together and trying to support one another. So with Mackenzie, she can be whatever she wants. The fact that she has grown up at where she's at right now and just been so tenacious with learning to put her foot down, learning to say what's acceptable, it's not acceptable, especially when Owen's having a rough time. It is a tough position for any adult, yet any child to be in. And, you know, my wife and I, we step in as much as we can, and Kenzie, bless her, has found that voice to say, this is acceptable, this is not. And I chuckle a little bit because I call her, well, we call her our little hurricane, our little tornado sometimes, just because there is so much energy and fun that she wants to have. And one minute she's playing with this toy, then she's over here. Our house is a mess. It's a horrible, horrible mess. <laughs> Please help come clean it up with us. But we don't want to take away from her in those things. It's what makes her happy. 
And if she wants to play house, fantastic. She wants to be a doctor next, fantastic. She wants to come cook in the kitchen, fantastic. The world is is hers to to tackle. Tackle how she sees fit to do so. So again, if you see the Barbie movie, this will make way more sense. The other thing I didn't want to do in the episode is I didn't want to get it in... I, I didn't want to get into what people get wrong about autism or ADHD. Those stories, these are stories for other episodes. Quite honestly, I'm going to tell you how awesome our son is. And equally, we're going to get into how awesome our family is. One phrase that you might hear me refer to in this episode is what I call strengths-based parenting. Everything that we've done, because Owen is such a physical kid, he, and for that matter, Mackenzie is as well, but Owen was the first that we sort of learned all this through. The strengths-based parenting is this idea I came up with of, and I don't know if something like this exists out there, but this is the way that I, that Siobhan and I learned to parent when we started doing things the right way, that is. We look at somebody's strengths. And in Owen's case, it's the physicality. It's the need to run around. Okay, well, how can we move, how can we utilize this in a way that's safe, in a way that is easy to do, low barrier, and so forth? Taking that approach of what is natural to him and trying to use it to its fullest extent is strengths-based parenting. You can leverage off that and in the next in the first story you'll see why we did why it worked out this way but you can leverage off that when you look at something that you may need as an adult so in my case i was overweight i was having to move around a lot do things and owen had to move around a lot as well because he had to that was that's just that was his nature so you take the goal that i had which was dropping weight and all that stuff, and then you take his need to move, and you and you put them together. Is that is strengths based parenting? At some point, I want to do an episode just kind of based on that because that's a really cool concept in my head that I love. We're gonna flash back to when Owen was four years old. I was overweight. I had to start losing. I had a non-alcoholic fatty liver. And I don't quite remember everything, but my my blood work was pretty bad. <laughs> I shouldn't say my blood work was bad, but it was it it needed to be turned around. So at work, because I did not like my office at all, the I began to go outside for walks, and that led to me starting to drop weight, and also eating right and everything else. As that progressed, my wife and I had the idea of, why don't we see if we can tire Owen out at nighttime? And so we would take him outside after he came home from work, and we'd start to run, we'd have our races between him and me, and sometimes Siobhan, where in our townhouse complex, we'd run from one end of the complex to the other and see who could get there first. 
So he was already obsessed with coming first, but that just made the obsession worse. Anyways, it was a, it was a heck of a lot of fun to do, and we thought this is going to tire him out. Nope, never really did. That's ADHD. That's autism for you. If anybody says, go take your kid out to run. No, don't. Don't do it for the express purpose of trying to tire them out. That is not going to work. Our kids are, are nuclear-powered. They are not neurotypical kids. They will go until they hit the wall. That's the thing that parents... I think parents who don't have a kid that's autistic or has a disability, I, that's one of the things that they certainly miss. There is a, a fundraiser in Vancouver here called... Um, it's put on by BC Lung Association as called uh, Climb the Wall. And it's the Sheridan Wall Center downtown Vancouver. And it's 54 flights of stairs. And you go climb it. Firemen climb it with all their gear. It's done to raise money for um, lung cancer research and awareness. And it's a cool event. Part of the reason we got into this is because a family friend of ours and my brother-in-law's um my brother-in-law's best friend Jeremy Jeremy was 31 and passed away from lung cancer. He left behind a wife and a young child who are two incredible people and it's really hard to still grasp all these years later that he's gone and Jeremy was a super amazing guy. Uh, Siobhan and I really had a hard time with going out to places and doing things. We certainly felt like we were held hostage is the wrong word, but we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go to a we couldn't go to Walmart or we couldn't go to some other groceries or some other store with him because the fluorescent lights would just set him off. You couldn't go hang out at the mall or, or what have you. Everything was, everything was a trigger. And it was, it was hard because we were trying to figure out what all the triggers were without knowing what a trigger was. And it, it, it was just brutal. The question was this, how do I get from the city that we live in all the way to downtown Vancouver, which is a good 45, 50 minute car ride, and not have him freak out. So the day comes, and basically we had prepared for... We basically prepared for the worst. We expected a meltdown, we expected a fight, and all the strategies that we came up with were things that we knew that would work to transition him from one state to another. So I'm ready, Owen's ready, in general, he's pretty excited to do this, and we're actually shocked that we've made it as far as we have without a blow-up or, or anything like that. And again, keep in mind, we're coming from the fact that everything was a blow-up. So now we're in this whole new place with so much extra stimulation. You're like, all right, pray for us, please. We get up to uh, go in line to start climbing the wall and uh, all the stairs, and Owen and I get up there ready to go. Timer goes off. We start to head into the hallway to head to go up the stairs. Unfortunately, the f door to go into the stairs, someone had closed it. So we stood there for like four minutes waiting for a staff member to unlock this door. 
And it's just the dumbest thing ever. I The best part is, is I have this on. We get into the stairwell eventually and we start climbing the wall. And you know what? I'll tell you what. The first couple flights of stairs, really, honestly, it's no big deal. Then the workout kicks in because you've got that many, that much to do. And I would say about Owen never really stopped. He slowed down a tiny bit, but he kept going much like I did. And that's when we started to pass people. So you've got this child who's five, you know, only five for the past two weeks. And you're passing adults that look in way better shape than you are being passed by a five-year-old. And it's one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. I had one person say, I am not letting this child pass me. And then they just slowed down. But for the most part, everybody was really encouraging. So we made it up to the top. And I have to say it was a really proud moment. It was certainly something that has bonded us for years. I've got an awesome picture of him and me with our medals on, and we're just dripped in sweat trying to figure out how we're supposed to go back down. (laughs) And I don't quite remember how we actually got back downstairs. If it was, I'm pretty sure we took the elevator, but uh, that part's a little bit blurry. Once we were downstairs, we went to check our times, and I think our unofficial time was something like 13 minutes, whatever it was. And I laughed because. If I count the time that we were hung up at the door and subtract that, I just realized Owen and I climbed those stairs in most likely, you know, just under 10 minutes. I love this. I love telling the story because it's the exact, it's a great example to use when someone says, oh, they just have a lot of energy. Once you're done with this story, they understand, people understand a bit more. But I am very proud of our whole family that day, and my wife did an amazing job. We never had a single blow-up at all. Owen truly was actually tired at the end, and um, I can't remember if he fell asleep in the car or not, but it may very well have been the first time that we had experienced zero issues, and that was pretty shocking for us. We had gotten so used to feeling defeated that we forgot that we can have victories. If it wasn't for the strategies that we had come up with and we had learned, we wouldn't have had a victory that day. So let's get into story number two. Because I was doing all the working out, all the running, I decided at some point that I wanted to do a triathlon. And if you don't know what a triathlon is, essentially it's swim, bike, and run in that order, and you've got various distances you can choose from. And the reason I wanted to do it was because this had been something in my childhood that I never took the opportunity to do. And I loved swimming so much, and swimming was such a strength for me, that I had a few offers to do a try, but I never did it. So... I kind of kicked myself for it. Through all the training that I did, I always had one of the kids by my side, whether it was Mackenzie or Owen. If I went for a run, one of them would be with me. When we went for swim lessons, I would teach both kids, you know, a couple swimming things here and there. But when they were doing their swim lessons, 
I'd go off and do my laps. When I biked, I had gotten a bike trainer for the garage so I wouldn't have to go out and risk my life in traffic. And when I set everything up, there was a program called Zwift. And it's an online cycling world. It's really cool. And when you ride your bike, all you need is sensors, the bike trainer. You're basically set up in a virtual biking environment. When Owen saw this, and I remember the first time he did, his eyes just went like, what? And he had no idea something like that was possible. And it was very, very cool. Because Owen was so interested, I also went through the effort of trying to find a bike trainer that could fit a kid's bike, specifically wheel, a wheel size that was 14 inches or below. And it was impossible. The only company that makes what is called a small wheel adapter is called Kinetic. Unfortunately, they discontinued it, and it really sucks. I was fortunate enough to buy one, found myself... Uh, a bike trainer for Owen. I got the small wheel adapter on it. I got sensors for him. And then we were side by side in the garage training together. And fast forward as, a, as an aside, a couple years later, I had written an article about how to get your child set up on this trainer and how to get into the world and all that and just how awesome Zwift was. Anyways, my the article that I wrote, it got picked up by Zwift Insider, uh, which is their magazine, and I was just blown away. And so that's actually a, a big piece of why I sort of dove into advocacy, because I saw that was such a, it got such a strong reaction that I didn't want to stop. I knew I was helping people. Anyways, so... Basically, it's really a rinse and repeat at this point. It's we were training, we were training together, and I eventually went and did my uh, my first triathlon. I had because of the pandemic, I ended up having to wait uh, two years to do the Vancouver try, and eventually I did do it. But it was an awesome experience because I got to do all that training with my kids. My only piece of advice is that if you decide to do an event like I did and you have a chance to cross the finish line with your kids, do it. My family was there cheering me on the sidelines. I regret not stopping, getting the kids, and having them cross the finish line with me. So if you're thinking about doing this, keep that in the back of your mind. Triathlon BC puts on an event called Try a Try. Sometimes they're called Try It. Just depends on the organization a lot of the times. But it's for all age groups, and I asked Owen if he wanted to do this. And he just jumped at the chance. So because we were already doing all this training, we just kept up what we did. Each time we went for swim lessons, he'd complete his swim lessons, and then we'd go into the, lang the, la the, the lanes to do lengths, and he'd work on his laps, and we'd work on his technique together. When he was, he was always biking to school, and he was beginning to bike with me on the road, so we took extra long ways home. Plus, he's always running anyways, so that kind of took care of itself. In September of 2022, he completed his first ever triathlon on his own. Normally for these events, you just get a piece of paper that says you've completed it, and it's printed up, it's on a nice piece of paper. At some point, he had it in his head that he was going to get a medal like I did for my triathlon. So I contacted a, a local trophy company. That had a, and I asked him to make a custom medal 
and had a bunch of information put on it with his name and everything, and it cost all of $9 and some change. When he finished the event, we marched him up to the backdrop where all the certificates were presented and then you could take pictures. Well, I got to hang that medal around his neck. No other kid had a medal. You could see how proud he was, and he took that medal to school to show everyone. To say that I was proud would be a complete understatement, and I know Siobhan was proud of him as well. I wanted to wrap up this episode with a small recap and then talk about the next episode. So, closing with a couple guidelines, and these are by no means hard and fast rules. The first one, when someone discloses to you that they have a disability, don't be afraid. We are not here to bite you, or eat you for that matter. Most important, if you feel like it shocked you in some way, that's okay. Take a breath and pause. We may very well have felt safe telling you that piece of information. The flip side to keep in mind is that there may have been something about the way that you said it that triggered a defensive response. In any case, breathe. Number two, examine the words and phrases that you automatically rely on. Not all the language that we hear in the public is affirming. Most of it isn't. Just because you heard it on some podcast and a doctor used that term doesn't mean that it's affirming or even correct. Examine the language that you use. We have to leave behind these phrases and the stigmas that these phrases have of, I'm so sorry, or that must be hard, or we're here if you need us, or they must be high functioning. Like, this has to be left behind. Number three, seek to learn from those with lived experience. Listen and listen to their stories. Number four, be willing to say that you may not be sure how you're supposed to respond. For me personally, if I know, if, if there's something that I told you and you said, I don't know how to respond, you know what? I probably would be able to clarify why I told you this. And that may very well open the lines of communication and just, you know, put both parties at ease. Number five, be willing to put the ball into that person's court and come up with a, re- and come up with a reply like, what can I help you with? Or if somebody discloses something about your child, ask them, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Tell me about your child. Give them that opportunity. Give them that power to respond. Number six, think of what a kind response would be. It's not an accident that I wanted to partner with the Love and Kindness Foundation. And I've actually been meaning to do this for months. But everything that I do, I mean, it it really is centered around kindness. And we want to bring that into as many aspects of 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 this advocacy that we can. And finally, number seven, no one is ever going to be mad at you for wanting to find out more. So it's perfectly okay to be curious and ask questions. Don't feel like you can't. Trust me, there, there are people out there that are like myself that are more than happy to guide you, give you information, teach you things that you'd be like, oh, I did not know that, that's really cool. 
just be curious about it. That's okay. In the next episode, I'm really excited. I took the question of, you know, what were the responses that I get or my family gets when we say that our child is autistic or we have ADHD? I wanted to see what other people went through and what other people said. So I took the question, posted it to social media, and arranged interviews with anybody that replied to the question. And I wanted to understand and hear different perspectives and see if there were any commonalities and just have a conversation. And we're going to get into questions like, you know, when you tell someone that your child has a disability, do you use the specific terminology? Do you just say disability? Does it depend on the situation? Another question, you know, what do you do when someone replies to you in a way that shocks you? How do you handle that? You know, what are the responses that you've received when you've disclosed it? How many people have tried to quote-unquote fix your child with ideas or remedies? Has anyone ever declared to you that they don't know how to respond? So I'm looking forward for everybody to hear these responses and... Until then, take it easy. Have a good night. That's the end of the episode. I'll leave you with three things. Number one, be safe and speak kindly. Number two, remember that we're all trying to hang on for dear life. And number three, you are enough. Thank you for listening to our show. If you're hearing this message, you've reached the end of the episode. And for that, I want to say thank you. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge. We are the ADHD family. See you soon for a new episode. I have three things to ask of you. Number one, if you have any comments, questions, or guest ideas, please leave a comment on the Facebook page. Number two, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps people find us. And number three, if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated. information on this site and podcast is provided as an information resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This information does not create any patient-physician relationship and should not be used as a substitute for a professional diagnosis and treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or guidance about a specific medical condition. The show, host, and its guests expressly disclaim responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, 
or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of your reliance on the information contained in this site or show. By visiting this site and listening to this show, you agree to the by visiting this site and listening to this show, you agree to the terms and conditions which may from time to time change or be supplemented by the show host.